guys. Welcome to Higher Points. We're coming at you with a to the point today. Of course, as always, Nick, he's got 10 pages of notes. <laughs> he's ready to roll. Me, I come with nothing. Like I said before we left to come here, at least one of us is a responsible adult. Yeah. So Nick's going to talk for <clears throat> 30 minutes and I'll sit here and laugh at it. <laughs> no. See, look, see there. See, loud truck just went by. We do room tone and there's nothing. We're going to go start a GoFundMe so you guys can uh, um, help us upgrade our studio again. <laughs> so you don't have to listen to the small penis people with big trucks drive by. Yeah. The sound quality is just atrocious here. <laughs> it's actually not bad when you listen to it. Yeah. But um, so, uh, you know, Nate and I, we have been discussing because I felt bad in the last podcast because felt like I dominated the conversation, you know, and, and, and Nate was writing down some notes. And I was like, hey, man, like, did, did I? And he was like, no, not really. He's like, we, we basically kind of answered things. So just to let you know, I have challenged Nate that he is going to be the one that has to prepare questions and all that other good stuff for somebody on a full-length podcast. And he's going to be taking the reins on it. And uh, we're going to make him better. We're going to make him that diamond under pressure that he always talks about yeah. when it comes to podcasting. Get me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> you guys can actually understand who Nate is. Yeah, and you know, like you said, it's just natural for me. I mean, I, I talk to yeah, I talk to and interview people all day, so you know, conversations like that are natural. But the thing is, also listening to you and your dad talk to people in the hemp markets—is it something that comes natural to you too? I think it's just maybe a little bit outside the realm of you know what you're used to, and, and maybe like I don't think that every subject we talk about is you're as passionate on as you yeah. are about like hemp and farming. So and like. Obviously, you're going to know more things about the stuff you're more passionate about, you know? Yeah. That's a lot of my research. Cannabis. So you nerd out? me. You nerd out? Nerd out a little bit. Not as much as some people. I know some people that are make me feel stupid when it comes to cannabis. <laughs> I would love to have conversations with some of those people. They'd be intriguing. Uh, so some of the things that have been, that I've been thinking about are... I, I look at our business environment that we have in America in general right now, and I think there are some really unique business opportunities. And when I was jotting down some notes today on some things that I wanted to talk about, um, you know, so, so everything about like establishing a business is you're, you're identifying <clears throat> a gap in what the system doesn't provide and your business is going to provide that service or that consumable or whatever. And, you know, ultimately you're going to have a successful business model, hopefully built off that. So um, like what, what I see right now in business is there, there are gaps in like customer service, gaps in being genuine, gaps in investing in your community, as well as gaps in investing in each other. And I want to talk about that a little bit more in detail. So if we talk about like how, how do we fill those gaps and say like, for instance, customer service, if you look at companies like Amazon, uh, Zappos and Dell, those are the ones that I did <clears throat> case studies when I was getting my degree on. And when they started their companies, they were massively focused on customers, the customer first, like customers, customers, customers. And then they, they also incentivized with their employees to focus on the customer. Like the, the better, the higher the scores you get with the customer, the more you take care of the customer, the better off you're going to be. Well, now if you, they were trying to, to fake that, you know, fake this, Make them make it seem like, like they like the customer, you know, instead of actually being genuine. 
I feel like. I think in the beginning, w- the way it started was they were focused on the customer in the beginning. The more money But then when make. the more money they make, it's like, okay, so now we're publicly traded. Now we're worried about our stock prices. Now we're worried about just getting that fraction of a point in the stock Cutting more. Back. Now you call these companies. Yeah. yeah and you can't even talk to a human being. Or you talk to somebody you can't understand, uh, which which I get. You know, those people are just trying to get a job and make a buck like you and I. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to customer service, you know, that doesn't make your customer feel valued when they can't even communicate with somebody. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, those companies, they started with, like, outstanding customer service, then they kind of cut back. Well, now they're so large and they're so inculcated that they've got, like, deals with all of these other different companies that they can cut back and they're still making so much money that they really don't have to focus on the customer. Mm-hmm. So there's been that evolu- evolution, and they're not what they used to be. So I think that when it comes to those unique business opportunities, I think that there's someone out there and that someone is not me and that someone could be somebody like Nate, somebody that has that drive or like Melissa Baldwin, somebody that has that drive that they could fill those gaps right now. And if they were just giving, uh, they were first providing a service or a consumable or something like that, identifying that need, but also backing it up with really good customer service, Mm -hmm. you could grow a business in today's business environment. And be as big as Amazon and be as big as Dell and stuff. Like, you can really get into those markets if you truly wanted to be and you truly wanted to, like, and you stay consistent. work that. Exactly. And work that. So, <clears throat> you talked about the genuineness, and that's something that I mentioned as well. Um, I think it's interesting that, you know, first, when you, when you first start a business, like, right, it's, it's your business. You run it your way. And don't be pressured by like the bottom 1% to change any of that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. There are going to be people that are naysayers. They're going to be haters. They're going to be all that other kind of stuff, right? So basically what you do is, is you just stick to your business model, your customers and what you know, and you stick to that and let your customers vote with their dollar. Don't be listening on everybody else and what they're saying and what they're talking crap or what they're, you know, whatever they are, you know, whether they're looking at, you know, how you're framing a house and, you know, talking bad about it and that kind of stuff that, you know, let your customer vote with their money. And so if you don't like, for instance, if you don't want to put a rainbow on your social media, don't do it. Like if that's, that's your genuine and that's the way you genuinely feel, don't. If it's the way you do genuinely feel, do that. And don't let some country don't bumpkin. Hold me accountable. Like if I don't want to put it on there, like. Yeah. Don't naysay me and throw me to the curb, you know. And don't let some country bumpkin hick tell you. Like, oh, you got a you got a rainbow flag on your stuff. I'm not gonna buy your product. And you're like, good. I didn't want to sell it to you anyway. You know, I mean, but it's the same thing too. If you don't want to put it on there, don't stick to your genuineness because, you know, right now, and, and not to fold because we've seen years and years of political wishy washiness as well as the same thing from companies. You know, you've got companies that are talking about, um, you know, uh, uh like making like being pro lgbtq or pro this pro that pro gun pro whatever but then like on the flip side of the coin they just see that as another money opportunity they're just playing to your emotions to get another fraction of a stock point they could give a fuck less if it meant that they had to be anti-gay or anti-gun to make more money they'd do that if they were pro gun or pro uh, lgbtq and it made more money they do that that's all that is that's a money business decision that's it they don't actually give a shit. And if you think they do, you're lying to yourself. 100%. And so um, we, we've seen that political wishy-washiness, and I think people are tired of that. And I think that like just anybody listening to this podcast that 
spends or, or listens to any other podcast or watches any other news media show, like if you have a business that is back and forth and wishy washy, like you're gonna you're gonna like just sign them away quick as hell. Like mm-hmm. I I've seen this, I'm tired of this. Like just stand up for something, one way or the other, stand up for something. So you know you set your vision for the company and you hold to it. Okay, good there. Anything else you want to add? Stick to your guns. Stick to your guns. So in, in talking about investing in community, so this doesn't always mean like giving away free shit, right? This can mean like, and that that's part of it, I would yeah. assume. Like, you know, you guys give baskets to certain Silent things. Silent auctions and, yeah. and fundraisers. And... But, you know, you also buy things from other local private businesses. Um, you barter if need be on some things. Um, I know you've bartered with me a few times on some <laughs> yeah. things. Um, we we you barter know, labor for product. Yeah. But ultimately, <laughs> Nate, what's the number one what's the number one goal of a business? What should it do? Make money. Wrong. <laughs> it should provide a service and it should help people. And that's Tricking what me. that's what ultimately, you know, you want to do, right? Money is just like the tacit benefit that you get mm-hmm. from that providing a service, helping people out and establishing uh your your goal. And then money comes after that. Yeah. Because if you were focused solely on money, because you've even talked in your old the podcast that you did, mm-hmm. excuse me, that was about your life. You had partners and other people in the cannabis market that were focused solely on profit, and as a result, they screwed people over. Now they're no longer in the cannabis market. Yet yep. you're still here because you guys don't focus on that as your ultimate end all be all. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so just, investing. You just gotta. I mean, you have to be able to make money to keep the doors open, basically. Yeah, that's, that's where I was going with that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm still, I still put you on blast, bro. It's, yeah. it's, it's recorded. Like it's not going anywhere. <laughs> My career's over. Uh, knife to the heart. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, investing in each other. It's really easy to get stuck on that uh, that dollar mindset and that eight to five mindset. Uh, I think that that outside the office, you know, you sh- there should be gatherings, there should be get-togethers. I'm not saying like everybody has to go out every night for a beer and get like wasted, right? No, we work together. We can't be friends, right? <laughs> um, you know, corporate America is really venturing away from the employee focus, and like that was one I- really cool thing, like at Idea Tech that they did. You know, they do company lunches like once every two weeks, and then they do monthly barbecues, like on company time and like they're extremely extremely considerate of their employees which in the long term is going to build them to treat their customers the same way and well and, and another thing that i see on that is if i put that into the wrong law enforcement spectrum if you are out with another law enforcement officer like for instance i'm in a, i'm in an agency where there's one of us out but there's once in a great while where there might be two or I might be working for the county where I'm out with another deputy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we build that camaraderie by going to those calls together and getting to know each other and getting to know like our families and all that other kind of stuff. Now, I'm not saying you got to be all like Care Bear hugs, right? But I think you're going to be more effective in the business environment and you're going to go further by investing in those relationships with each other mm-hmm. and not investing in it in the sense of, again, focusing on that money mindset, right? Like if, I'm going to be friends with Nate because someday he'll be rich and give me money. Like that's not, if you get into it for that mindset, like you're doing it all wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's all wrong. Um, It'll be seen eventually. Also, I think it's interesting uh, as far as investing in each other. It, I think another thing you can do to invest in each other is investing in yourself by reading books. Because when you read those books, you, you gain ideas on how to invest in others and how to be, 
you know, more leverage yourself more in a business market. And you've like, you see other people's mistakes. So, you know, Hey, maybe I shouldn't do that. You know, even though it might not be the same business, you know, you still get the same, same concepts and that kind of thing. So, I mean, that is building yourself up and I feel like there's a lot of stuff in this world that is meant to take away from working on yourself that way. Yeah. And and I was looking at my Audible library and of the 127 books or 139, I can't remember what it was that I've had in there. I kind of picked a, a few out that I wanted to share with everybody. And I'm I'm not I'm not great at reading books. I've only read a few in the last year and a half cte brain you don't know don't know how to read i just i didn't really read in high school and i don't know i I mainly listen to books honestly because when i'm patrolling around it's easy to listen um but so one of them was uh the go-giver which you've heard me talk about before uh that's by bob burge and david mann uh extreme ownership dichotomy of of leadership everybody knows that those are jocko's books um itch or ship by michael abershoff he was a uh captain or something i can't remember his actual rank but he basically was on a uh, a warship and kind of rewrote military leadership and he was one single guy on a boat like he he was the captain of the ship don't get me wrong but it wasn't like he was some admiral but he literally rewrote the leadership book for the navy for the navy as a result is that like the same leadership methods that jocko would have been using um, you know, like for instance, um, of basically just, uh, valuing people and like leveraging their talents mm. and, and seeing them for the person that they are versus that they're like another number or they're beneath me or they're there to provide me with the means to make more money yeah. kind of thing, which not make more money, but like advance my career in the military. So like, as an example, one of the, one of the things he did was, um, he had one of the most accurate boats in the in the fleet mm-hmm. by like leaps and bounds of like their tomahawk missiles or whatever somehow were like significantly more accurate but one of the things he did to foster that environment with his sailors was he had his exo or his executive officer his first officer uh go and buy 20 cases of beer well beer is a huge no-no on a naval vessel and the exo was like uh you want me to do what and he's like put it in this cooler Lock it down. Only you have the key. If anything's gone, it's on you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay. So he goes and buys all of this beer. Well, you can't have beer on a, on a naval ship. So you know what he did? He had him go buy not only the beer, but also lobster, shrimp, steak, etc. everything for a barbecue. Mm-hmm. So while they were pulled into a port somewhere, he had a barge floated up next to the vessel. Everyone got down off the boat using the ladders mm-hmm. then they had all the beer offloaded onto the barge so technically they weren't on the ship anymore and they had a barbecue on these barges drank beer had lobster steak shrimp etc and you know he gained a lot of like respect in like investing in those people of just kind of giving them some of those home away from home where people were wanting to follow him like he yeah. was doing those leadership things and there's so much more in the book than that but that's just one of the examples that sticks out to me um, the same thing can be seen in a book called Thunder Below, and it's more of kind of like a, a documentary type book of like, here's what happened on this submarine's tour through World War II in the Sea of Japan and in that area. But the cool thing about it is um, Eugene Flucky, who was the captain on that boat, he um, did some really interesting things. They did stuff with alcohol, too, that each time 
Each time they sunk an enemy ship, they would do an old school tradition called splice, splice the main brace, where each person on the sh- on the boat boat would get two beers, and they would they would drink, and then they would have a cake, and on the cake there'd be icing dip depicting that ship like going under, and they would like depict the battle in the icing on the cake. Huh, that's and, pretty pretty precise. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then also just investing in his crew and like being involved in their in the crew and like not. Not, you know, he'd go times without meals and all that other kind of stuff because he was worried about everybody else. So, like I said, it's more of a documentary, but you can take some leadership things away. And then also uh, Give and Take by Adam Grant uh, is another good book. And, you know, I mean, I could keep going. Like I said, there's like 127 books, but those are the ones that really stuck out to me. So that was on investing in each other. So the biggest thing I also want to get is investing in each other too, is is it's easy for people to kind of get a little bit of power in an organization and want to hold on to it, right? Like that's mine. Nobody else can have it. That's mine. You know, stay away, especially in the law enforcement realm. I can see see that. But like, if you get too defensive about that, that spot, you know, and you're not training guys to come up, how are you ever going to move up? And that's exactly what I wrote down is, is I wrote down, realize that if you die today, like you will be replaced mm-hmm. that business or that law enforcement agency or that whatever is going to replace you like that. It will continue. Um, so you're going to want to invest in that next generation and you're going to want to show interest in their success, like genuine interest, not the fake interest, not the, cause everybody's going to see through that. Right. We've mm-hmm. been lied to for years now by our government and by our media and everything. We're getting really good at kind of starting to call BS on some stuff. You can see what's fake. So if if you're worried about a takeover, right? Like if you're one of those people that's like, oh no, they're going to take my spot. They're going to take everything from me. Okay. If if they are that way, see the book, The Go-Giver, because eventually that person's going to get theirs. Mm-hmm. Because if, again, like I said to you, if you were nothing but profit, 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 then people wouldn't be returning to your store to buy your stuff, right? Because you'd be diluting it down. You'd be doing all kinds of things to try to make the money yeah. like the best you could. And people know that. Whereas if you're investing in other people, and let's say I'm somebody that wants to take over your spot in the company, Nate, but you've got other people that you've invested in, when I'm going to them going, hey, did you guys hear what Nate did? Like He, he slept around and he did this and he did that. They're all going to be like, uh, no, he didn't. And I know that for a fact. Yeah. Or or did you know that Nate takes money out of the, uh, out of the cash register every day? And they're going to go, no, he doesn't do that. And so they're not going to get any traction. Because you've invested in all these other people and show them who you truly are. And you did it for the right reasons as mm-hmm. well. So now the last part, and I didn't tell Nate about this part. So he, this part is a surprise to him. Surprise. So, uh, I, and I don't say this just because Nate's sitting here, but when I got done talking about all that, the unique opportunities and how you fill those gaps and those unique opportunities. Uh, so who's doing this? Who is actually completing these tasks? Who are doing these things? High Point Farms. There are people that they've seen the gaps. They've seen the needs. They're out there to help people. I've watched it with my own eyes between Bob, Nate, and uh, Sarah. You know, because they're really the only ones that I that I really see most of the time. Grandma Hyatt. And Grandma Hyatt. <laughs> they, uh, you know, they, they truly are invested in people. And they've noticed how there are niches in the market, especially like with people who love cannabis. They typically love the environment. They typically love recycling. They typically love the idea of regenerative farming. Local. 
and local and you've done you've done all that and filled in all those gaps uh another person that's doing this i think is jason probst mm-hmm. um see, listening to his podcast like he goes around and he's interviewing like all these different people having all these different conversations trying to learn as much as he can trying to help people as much as he can trying to just do the right thing and he's i truly go somewhere yeah i truly think that that's somebody else that's doing all of this uh, another one i wanted to give shout out to was jeremy corbett with uh, central prairie co-op like that dude is just like you know the meme uh, of Snoop Bo- Snoop Dogg man they that, that oh, he just the, don't miss he's in the fuel station right yeah he yeah. don't miss like he is such just a genuine amazing dude mm-hmm. and and I don't know what his leadership style is because I've never worked for him but I can tell you I don't typically go into the co-op and hear people talking crap on each other or anything else that would indicate that there was faulty leadership mm-hmm. You know, everybody's usually in a decent mood. Of course, everybody has bad days. We get that. That makes sense, especially during the winter months, um, especially during harvest times when they're like harvest and planting. Yeah. And the farmers are like, get me my stuff now. But, you know, just really great. Um, I I just can't say enough about Jeremy. Um, Another one is the church I go to, Encounter Church. And again, I'm not saying that because just because I stand to gain something that from that I've seen with my own eyes, heard with my own ears what they're doing. They're investing in rural churches. They're investing in the people in those churches, not just money, but like come be a part of us. Come be a part of our congregation and hear the word of Christ and not just the, if you put more money in the offering plate, God will love you kind of thing. And so I want to give a lot of shout out to just the entire Encounter Church team um, and also like South Bend Industrial Hemp and Melissa and her husband and is it her brother, brother husband's brother? brother? Yeah, her brother. So her brother-in-law and... You know, just watching all the time spent that they spend on just education and like like she said in Educating the Educating their farmers because exactly. she knows if her farmers don't succeed, she won't succeed. Hundred percent. You know, it, it goes all the way down the line. Yeah. And and all of the all of the and by proxy all of their like sister companies, I know she has mm-hmm. some some other companies that she does with that. Uh and, and also, you know, just like Andy Frisilla. Let's face it, I mean that dude that's another guy that just don't miss. Like you can hate him, you can hate like the, he drops the f bomb every third word and all that other kind of stuff, but you cannot argue with results. Mm-hmm. And he's shown them over the last twenty years. You know, I mean, he's built an empire, but supplement the, empire. And the same thing can be said about y'all, High Point Farms. I mean, I'm not going to air the things that you've told me, but you guys are doing well, and you're getting better, and you're growing, and you're doing amazing things. So it's obviously showing that you're doing the same things. Well, we're trying. <laughs> and so, like I said, I, I didn't tell you about that part, but is there anybody else you can think of like that just off the top of your head? I know I'm kind of putting you on blast here because it took me a minute to kind of come up with these, but like, who are some other people that like, if you were going to maybe look at investing or, or buying sandhills, things from them, sand yeah, sandhills, hills, honestly, yeah. like P- Pippin, they, right? Yeah. Pippin and the Dayton, they, those guys are really like, like pushing local and I love local products and. Um, Salt City's the same way. I feel like there's a lot of businesses downtown, Hutch and Sterling, that are um, really trying to push the local economy. I know, like, um, at the Corwin building, there's a possibility we're going to do a remodel there. Not necessarily us, but it's going to happen. They're turning the um, apartments up, or they're making studio apartments upstairs, and there's talk of a bar and grill, possibly. I don't know. We'll see. Well, and also, you know. Just pushing local. Speaking of Jeremy Corbett, like Central Prairie Co-op in general, you really see them involved in a lot of things. Like mm-hmm. if there's like they were involved in uh, Seth's strongman competition, 
And, you know, so just, it just, like, I, I know that this, that by all means, this is not an exhaustive list of just people, but like, this is just came to my mind of the people that just like stuck out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, I just have a lot of exposure to you uh, and these people. And so it's easy for me to like, kind of pick them out. So that was my three pages of notes. And yeah. So what do you think about some of those unique opportunities? I, I mean, think there's little niches all over the place, you know, and a lot of people, it takes some self-examination, but you can figure out like things you're good at, you know, like I never really thought I was a leader in my college or in football in general. And like, I never felt like a leader, kind of like Rob said the other day, that kind of stuck out to me Him talking about not feeling like he was a leader, but looking back, he's like, Oh, I was, you know, leading. Like there was younger guys that looked up to me and I still have relationships with some of those younger guys. And, um, I really think leadership's an area that I kind of excel in and, um, with hood construction, Josh is doing a really good job about showing genuineness and caring. And I think, I think hood construction is doing the right things. Yeah. And, and so you'd put hood construction on that list mm-hmm. of things of the people that are doing things right. percent. Yeah. Josh and hood construction as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the last thing I want to hit on. So if you're listening to this and you're like me, cause it's always easy for like somebody like Nate with his brain to listen to this podcast and equate that to business because that's his life. Right. My, mine is different, right? I, I don't go to work every day thinking, how do I maximize profits? Mm-hmm. So how do we translate this stuff in like identifying gaps, right? Okay. So gaps in customer service. That's easy. I had a trooper stop me one time. Uh, saying, gotcha speed and give me your license and insurance. Right? That, that wasn't, I mean, by all means, legally, yes, I have to give that to you. But, uh, you know, I say, you know, afternoon, my name's Nick. I'm an officer of the Sterling Police Department. The reason I'm making contact with you is I stopped here for 41 and the 30. Um, can I see your driver's license, curb with insurance? That's a little bit of that customer service that I think goes a long way, mm-hmm. in just my opinion. Showing, just being a good person, you know. You show up being a dick. Like, yep. You're not going to get openness back from them and the same thing in the business environment right the for-profit business environment like i had to call verizon for some stuff the other day oh my god i had to make like i had to call four different times before i actually talked to someone you know talking to machines trying to figure out that system to finally talk to someone then i sat for an hour and a half and tried talking to a guy that i couldn't understand Oh, it was... So I hit the nail on the head there earlier, didn't I? 100%. I was like, <laughs> did I tell you about this? Because I don't think I did. Well, you didn't tell me about like the hard-to-understand point, but you did tell me like you know you were having troubles with the billing or whatever. Yeah, it was a pain in the ass. Just to, being able to pick up the phone and call somebody and talk to them about the issues you're having with their product goes a long ways. Um, And then also the gaps in being genuine. Uh, When it comes to... Like you're working a case for somebody like say Nate had a trailer stolen because we've had a lot of that happen lately. And I'm coming to Nate and he's like, hey, any news? Oh, I've been working on it, man. I've been working on it. And he calls the next. Oh, I've been working on it. No leads. I've been working on it. I've been working on it. And then I go a month. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been working on it. I haven't found anything. Sorry. Where, you know, there, there are those gaps in, in the being genuineness of being genuine and also of just telling him like, hey, listen, like this doesn't have any solvability like we've got no video we've got no tire tracks we've got no fingerprints like I, I, unless this thing comes up as stolen in ncic that some other law enforcement officer runs it we're probably not going to get your stuff back that's being genuine 
same thing I found with suspects of if I am genuine with them and I just tell them, I know A, B, and C, man. Tell me I'm wrong. Instead of the whole, you know your friends in the other room. Try to telling. tiptoe and trap. and Yeah. And they know that. They're professional game players themselves. They do the same thing. <laughs> and they know. So just genuineness. Um, invest in community. I mean, I think that's pretty... Um, should be self-explanatory. But I see a lot of other law enforcement officers that they don't care to venture into a school and say hi to kids and mm-hmm. BS with them at lunch. They don't care to you know, be a part of a class. Like I want to go in and I want to help the teachers teach. I know they're short staffed and it's not my job to like teach, but like just go in and help for an hour or something like that with a class or something. Or even like, like if you're off duty or you're just walking around, whatever, you know, like, and you see a piece of trash on the ground they're like, you pick that up, you throw it away. You know, that's helping the community. It's looking better. They're like, Oh, well, Nick works with the police department. You know, that gives a good impression on the police department. And the same goes for me. Like, that looks good on hood construction or high point forms, possibly. Yeah, like when you clean up after you're done with a job. Yeah. There's some subs that do not like to clean up after a job. You want to name those? Nope. By name? Not Go ahead. Come on. Him. No balls. <laughs> <laughs> um and, and investing in community also, like Nate said, of like they, they give us the the ethical battle, the internal ethos of if my mom and dad were here standing over my shoulder, what would I do? Mm-hmm. You know, and they probably want you to pick up a piece of trash. They tell you that. And it's like it's almost like, you know, it, did you put your shopping cart away? You know, that kind of it's those small things like that um, that turn into the big things. So investing in each other, law enforcement officers, you really got to give the power away. You can't hold on to it forever. It's not yours. You have to be training everybody else under you to take your job someday because they will. But let's face it, and especially in our line of work, it's really tough to kind of take that job away from you when you've yeah. done the time and you've got the experience. And if you're looking down the chain of command, like behind you, like how are you supposed to prepare for what's coming next? You know, so they're going to eventually true. surpass you. That's true. Um, yeah, if you're kind of constantly trying to hold them down and you're not focusing on and visualizing your goals. And your company's going to stay stagnant or you're going to stay stagnant in your police career. You know, you've got to look. You've got to train your guys to look up and out so you can look up and out, basically. Yeah, there there is a lot of that, like, echo chamber in law enforcement where it's like, I got this training one time and I brought it back and I know how to do this and this is mine kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't get us anywhere. So that's what I've got to wrap up. I just always like to kind of put it back into the public service job. And also anybody that's listening to this. How do you measure profitability in public service? Like I haven't quite yet understood that. Like you can't you can't really tangibly quantify like how much does Nate like me? We can't put a number to that. Right? Like can't I mean it's subjective. So that's a question I've had for a number of years. Like how do you know if you're being you're a good cop? Yeah, I mean in, in public you know service in general. Good, yeah. In general. I mean like uh uh, like, for instance, if you work somewhere like the clerk's office that that's, you know, you're you're worried about how much money you're taking in, it's easy to kind of like look at that. Mm-hmm. Or if you own High Point Farms, it's easy to go, okay, this month we made $1,000. Last month we made $200. It's easy to measure mm-hmm. your profitability. So I'm curious how you measure your profitability. And I could be looking at it all wrong through the wrong lens. And somebody may be listening to this going like, you're a moron. Like, here's how you do it. And I'm gonna go, oh, shit, I never thought of it that way. But I've mold that around for the better part of a decade and have not been able to answer that question. And I even asked Andy Priscilla. So Andy, 
I did the Ask Andy question, and you haven't answered. I need you to answer, homie. I've been thinking about this for a decade. Hook a brother up. He's not really in the public service sector. But he knows everything. Every time he gets answered a question, does he not have just a phenomenal answer? He's got an answer. May not always be the right answer, but most of the time it's the right answer. Uh, I would agree. I'd say most (laughs) of the time. But there are a couple of times I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. But yeah. how do I argue with a guy that makes, you know, a billion dollars a year? Yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's succeeding in our uh, our economy. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely a genuine dude, I feel like. And I've felt that from the whole, like, you can call First Forum and talk to tons of people. I don't even think they've got an answering machine at that place. Well, that's their big thing, too, is investing in people. Like, that's all they care about. They want to see people succeed. Mm-hmm. And that's that's from the top down. I mean, that's from Andy himself. Yeah. Like, F everything else. Let's invest in people. Everything else will take care of itself. And the Go-Giver talks about that in that book. It's a, such a small book, and it's so life-altering. you got to read it. So small. And if you're listening to it, it takes like an hour, two hours maybe. So it's like listening to a podcast. Yeah. So, with that being said, Kimosabi, Mr. Supreme Potentate of the High Point Farms, are we ready to be done? I'm good. All right. <laughs> so, uh, also, I, I want to mention before we before we ended up, uh, we do have a YouTube page now. So the podcasts are getting uploaded to the YouTube page. We're kind of slowly phasing into where we're eventually going to start doing video in the studio, and that'll be posting to the YouTube page as well. Um, don't forget to check us out at thehigherpoints.com on social media at the Higher Points on Instagram and the Higher Points Podcast on Facebook. Uh, we had another opportunity where. Uh, oh, also the who is who is doing this right? When I was listing all the companies, mm-hmm. the the uh, Fox, what was it? Fox Studios or Fox uh, Salt City? Yeah, the Salt City Podcast Network. Hold on, I I I messaged Chris earlier and he told me the name. I want to make sure I get it right. Foxtrot Studio Kansas. Mm. So it's FoxtrotStudioKansas.com. I think they're doing it right as well because they're investing in artists and people and like giving them instruments, giving them cameras, giving them you know, studio space, things like that to, to be able to like get their foot in the door and succeed. And so I think they're doing it right as well. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, Nate and I kind of had an interesting thought process and investing in other people. You know, we have a, a podcast studio here with a mixer and a computer and four mics, four headphones, the TV on the wall that you can cast to and a, a loud, window. loud at times space. <laughs> But we just kind of wanted to like offer up the studio um, just for like kind of a nominal cost that we haven't really discussed yet. But if you're wanting to get started in podcasting, you know, we, we obviously have some money invested in this and some time, especially time hanging foam for what, three, four times three, we hung foam times. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. But we want to like if you're wanting to start a podcast, but you don't know what to do, what to buy, how to do it, all that other kind of stuff, we kind of want to just offer a podcast studio up. To anybody that wants to rent it by the hour or the day, half day, day. you know, whatever, um, you know, we can have a conversation about that. So we've got everything you need here to be successful, and we just want to invest in you. And uh, should you need it, just get a hold of us. Our emails can be found on uh, thehigherpoints.com. You just click on the contact page, and both of our emails are there. Uh, also, you can hit us up on Instagram. Our both of our Instagrams are on the higher points uh, bio or not? Uh, yeah, the bio portion up top. Mm-hmm. So with that said, please leave a rating and a review, and don't forget to share the podcast, and we will catch up with you all next time. You guys have a good week.